You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. The kingdom of God is not what? It's not meat and drink, but it's what? It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Everybody say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, what, what peace do you have? Well, you've got the same peace that Jesus had because he said, my peace I leave with you. Amen. Everybody say this and say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm strong in the Lord. Amen. Remember, we found his word. We do eat it. It's the joy and the rejoicing of our heart. If you're going to bring in some things, if you're going to change some things, then you've got to turn that uh, anytime that there's sorrow, anytime that there's bad things that happen. And I understand they happen. And there's a time to cry. But if you're going to change something, you've got to turn in uh, one piece of equipment for another. I like that when someone said that. We were talking about that last week. Really? Because you, the Bible talks about you weeping. You weep Weeping, weeping, but it endures for a night, and joy comes in the morning. When the Lord turned again to captivity of Zion, we were like then the dream. Hallelujah. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And then the end, what happens? That you see them rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. They sowed in tears. They sowed in tears, but they reap in joy. So if you're going to reap, you're going to have to change your equipment and, 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 and go from weeping to rejoicing. Your mind may not understand it. Everybody around you may not understand it. Why are you so happy? You ought to be gloomy. You ought to, this is serious. I've had people you know, who don't understand faith. When you tell them something and they're all upset and, and you, they get mad at you because you're not upset. They think you don't care. Well, because I have learned from the word of God, if you're going to be in faith, you're going to have to get into joy. You all right? You're going to have to get into joy. Because joy is a sign of faith. Joy and rejoice. Rejoicing with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end. Do you want to get to the end? Are you tired of the middle? No, are you tired of the middle? So many people get started and then they hang out in the middle. But if you're tired of the middle, what should you start doing? Rejoicing. Amen. And so it says rejoice, uh, having the last part of Romans 15, 13, joy in the Holy Ghost. I've been waiting so long to get to the in the Holy Ghost. And so I want to pull along with that in the Holy Ghost. I want, to, I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 20. For the kingdom of God. Well, we've been talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God's not meat and drink, but it's righteous, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And then the apostle Paul said to the Corinthian church and to us, he says, the kingdom of God is not in word. Now, you got to understand what he's talking about there. He's not talking about the word of God. He's talking about uh, other religions, other things going on. Really, this, you could translate this idle chatter. Just saying something and not expecting anything. Now, a lot of people do that with the Word of God. For the kingdom of God is not in word only. It's not in word only. In other words, you got to understand something about God. Some people have taken this book and they like, this is cool, this is good. And they study it like a history book and they memorize it and they get all religious about it. But if there's, listen, the kingdom of God is not just that. 
if the world needs something right now, if the church needs something right now, they really need this verse. The kingdom of God is not in word only. This is not some religion. I know they call it one, but this is not one. This is not a religion. This is a relationship with the living God. They can classify it whatever they want. But if you classify yourself in a religion, you'll get religious. And then you won't have all that it's supposed to be. For the kingdom of God is not in word only, but it's what? In power. So in other words, one of the, the manifestations of the kingdom of God are this. Righteousness. Right living. Right doing. The kingdom of God is this. Peace. That means you ought to be walking around with peace. Everybody else can be in chaos, but you're in peace. Inwardly, outwardly, it's displayed. Other than that, you're not walking in the kingdom. You're not manifesting the kingdom. The kingdom of God is joy. Come on, no more looking like you've been sucking on lemons or dill pickles. I know things are going on, but if you get down deep in you and you want some things to change, you're going to begin to rejoice. And the kingdom of God is not in word only. There ought to be a demonstration. There ought to be some power. There ought to be some transformation. There ought to be a different heart. There ought to be a different talk. There ought to be a different walk. There ought to be a different everything about you. If, if the kingdom of God is in power, everybody say power. power. Now the kingdom of God is, this is how it's manifested. The power of God is towards you or to you. The power of God after you're born again is in you. The power of God after you're born again and you have another experience, the power of God could become on you. And then after that, the power of God ought to flow through you. So we can say it like this. The power of God is to me. Everybody say the power of God is to me. You can say it like this. The power of God is in me. Say the power of God is in me. Say this. The power of God is on me. Say this. The power of God is working through me. Now, in order to get the power of God working through you, you got to go through the other steps. Because until you realize the power of God is to you, you can never get the power of God through you. And until you get the power of God in you and a real revelation that God lives on the inside of you and the power of God is in you, then you'll never get the power of God through you. And until you know that the power of God is to you and in you, and then you let the power of God come on you, then you'll never let it go through you. The world needs, the church needs the power of the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy, but it's all in the Holy Ghost. I know some people, modern life, Holy Spirit, you can call him Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. He's Holy Ghost to me because I'm a King James Version kind of guy. So it doesn't bother me to call him the Holy Ghost, and he's not bothered by the Holy Ghost. How do these, well, that's kind of old Pentecostal. Well, I got some old Pentecostal in me. I don't know how I got it. This little Methodist boy got some old Pentecost in him, and I'm not going to let it go. And what the church needs right now is a fresh dose of the Holy Ghost. It needs an outpouring of the power of God. I am not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I am not ashamed that all he brings. I'm not ashamed of his manifestations and his demonstrations. The, he, we have got to get back to, we've never left it as a church, but the church as a whole, especially in the United States, has got to get back to God's way of doing things. And the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And the kingdom of God is not in word only. It's not in programs. 
It's not in all the activities. Thank God for it. It's not in lights and in the youth building uh, smoke machines. It's not in, we're not having them in here. It's not, they make me cough. It's not in here, all right? But I'm telling you, all that is fine. I am not a problem with it. Make it modern. The new church, when we build it, I'm sure Wesley will come up with something amazing. It'll be glorified. It, no, it won't be glorified. It'll be awesome. Uh, but I, I don't rely on that. All that is fluff for you and your natural thing. Um, um, we was having church in a storefront building with ugly carpet, uh, 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 awful country blue stage, curtains, uh, it, black chairs that came that I had to sand and, 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 uh, and paint and, and nothing matched. And if you know me, you know that was horrendous. Um, and God moved. And then we went to an A-frame building where nobody knew we were. You had to get there by invitation only. It was like a private club because you couldn't find it. But they came, and God was there. Now, we did make that thing as pretty as we could possibly do it. We, we remodeled every, I don't just say inch, we remodeled every millimeter of that place. And then God gave us this. And I noticed it from building to building. When we went from the storefront to the A-frame, you remember they all tightened up. People who used to wear shorts started wearing suits. Because it's the A-frame, looked very churchified. We got rid of that in about two weeks. We moved over here, big time. I'm up higher, not amongst the people, not spitting on you like I used to. We had to work through that. Now we got other stuff to work through. But I'm telling you what, God has never changed. And this is, very, this is a passionate thing of mine. The very scripture before I knew anything about God, anything about the ministry he called me to. He said, he, he called me. You know, I've ever people say he called me off of this scripture. He did call me off of this scripture. He said, I didn't know what to do. He used to tell me to turn to places in the Bible. And Mark 16, 20, and they went forth everywhere. And the Lord worked with them. Confirming his word with signs following. What is that? That's power. It doesn't have to be this um, extraordinary, you know, it doesn't mean we have to be swinging from the chandeliers, rolling in the carpet. Um, I, I like all that, but that's not necessarily his power. His power and demonstration could be a restored marriage. His power and demonstration could be some person who's never been to this kind of church quietly sitting in a, a chair uh, and they're sick or they're diseased or they're hurting their body and they get up to leave and they're all better. And then they scream about it in the car because they don't know that they can scream about it here. The power of God and demonstration is people getting born again, coming back to God, getting filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Power of God. It's a manifestation of the kingdom. If it's not being, I'm going to say this, if it's not being manifested, are we really walking in the kingdom of God? If there's no manifestation, if there's no, because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, Joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is not in word only. Even if you're using the word of God, meaning you say it, but you don't expect anything to happen. 
or idle chatter or it's religious. That's not what it is. Let me give you these scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. And my speech and my preaching is not with enticing words of men's wisdom. But it's in demonstration of the spirit and power. It's what? It's in a demonstration. My words are not man's wisdom. You know, people all the time, well, you need to use wisdom. It just depends on who you're using. Come on, we need to use the wisdom of God. And you can ask for it, and he'll give you it liberally without finding fault. He said, so my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. This is an interesting thing. I had just seen, um, we were uh, up in Terre Haute. Um, recently I had to take my mom up there to visit, uh, my aunt. And, um, by the way, that's where she got hurt and she's at home recovering. She's well. All right. And anyway, she's at our house recovering and she's well. And so, um, getting better every day, going to be better than when the devil tried to mess her over anyway. And so uh, I had to finish my confession. Amen. Um, so, but while I was up there, we ran into some of our friends. And I remember one time Angela said something. Angela Keaton said something. And I asked her about it while we were um, pre-celebrating Pastor Rhonda's birthday that's coming up. And um, when the Apostle Paul, remember when he went to the city, I think it was Athens. And there was a place for the unknown God. And there he began to reason with them. And a lot of people use that, and they use that as, see, you need to minister people intellect to intellect. But you'll notice that no church came from it. It was one of the only places no church came. You'll notice the next trip was to Corinthians, the Corinthian church. And that's when he said, I don't know anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. In other words, I'm not going to do that again. And this is what, I haven't heard it taught very much, but this is kind of what I, I, I understand it more now. I believe, you know, can't, should you reason with people? Well, he, he said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. I believe I tried that. It didn't work. He tried to reason with them. Well, we're just going to reason people into the kingdom. And I've heard people preach marvelous sermons over it. And if you believe that and it's worked for you, okay. But I think, more importantly, I think that you and I have got to get to the place that when we minister the word of God, I don't, if you're trying to reason somebody into the kingdom, I really believe that oh, that's just doesn't, it's not going to work very often. And so what do they need? The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. The goodness of God on display is what leads people to repentance. And Paul said, uh, I don't, I'm not going to know anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. What, what goes along with that? Him being raised from the dead and his power. My speech and my preaching were not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. Everybody say power. Come on, y'all. This is, I believe we're coming into an hour of power. I believe we're coming into an hour of power. I've been waiting for it all my adult life, and we've seen it, and we've had glimpses of it. But I believe that the last day church is the glorious church, and it's the latter days than it's ever been, and it's getting later and later. So what's that supposed to mean? I believe the church is going to get more glorious, more powerful, and stronger as we go. And then he said this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. For our gospel, 
For our gospel came not unto you in word only. So it's not just supposed to be word only. It's not just supposed to be me reasoning with you or you reasoning with someone else. Do I love wisdom? I love the wisdom of the word of God. Do I believe that my people perish because of a lack of knowledge? I do believe that. But when you're dealing with an unbeliever and a backslidden person, I don't know that you can teach them into salvation. They've got to believe something and they can believe better when they see something. And what should they see? They should see you. You're a living epistle, read of all men. You're a transformed life. You're, you're evidence that there's power in the gospel. Amen. You're evidence that there is power in the transformation possibilities of the gospel. He said, our gospel came not to you. Our good news came not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. You can't get the power of God without the Holy Ghost. You can't get the power of God operating in your life personally, through you, to other people, to change anything unless the Holy Ghost is right there in the center of it. He was the one. You know, it's, we say it like this. God the Father said it, Jesus made it, and the Holy Ghost manifested. And it still works that way. The Holy Ghost is the person of the Godhead who is in you, but he's also uh, available to manifest the goodness of God in our midst. Amen. He said, but he came, uh, the, word, the gospel came not in your word only, but in power and in the Holy Ghost. And with what? Much assurance. In other words, when the power of God comes on the scene, there's an assurance that comes. There's an assurance that comes. As you know what manner of men we were among you. Amen. <laughs> Let's go on. We're going to go back in a minute to finish up 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5. But I want to do this one next. Verse 6. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. Well, I don't want much affliction. Well, welcome to 2021 and going forward. There's going to be much affliction. If you think the devil is just going to let you and I believe God, believe his word, and get people out of the kingdom of darkness and get them into the kingdom of light without ridicule, criticism. I've never lived so long to see that everybody's so freely criticizing one another, and it's not a thing. You should just expect it. But you're always going to be criticized for believing something. Listen, you're going to have to quit trying to fit in. I know some of you are too cool for school. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. Try to look like them, act like them, fit in with them. But when it comes down to it, you, you're different than they are. You believe in stuff they don't believe in. You believe in a virgin birth. They believe that's impossible. You believe that a group of people marched around a wall and it fell down. They scoff at that. You believe a man, a spotless lamb, walked on the earth and he did good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Nobody could take his life, but at the right time, you believe he laid it down. You believe that on a cross, on a cross, some 2,000 Years ago, a man who is all God and all man, you can't figure that out, but you believe it. 
You believe it. They don't. You believe that he took all your sin, all your guilt, all your shame, all your pain. You believe that he died and went into the bowels of hell. But on the third day, the Holy Ghost, the power of God, the power of God, the power of God, lifted him up, and you believe that he is now seated at the right hand of God, that he put his blood on mercy on a mercy seat, and he raised you up together with him. You believe that. You believe that. You believe that. You believe that. Come on, you believe that when Jesus told uh, Peter to throw out his net, you believe that his boat sank with fish. You believe that. See, they're always, until you get them to get, uh, believe in Jesus and get them discipled in the word of God, you're different than they are. You don't fit there. You don't fit there. So don't be conformed. Don't be conformed. Don't be conformed to the God of this world and his thoughts and his ways. But keep being transformed. And one of the ways you be transformed is by the power of God. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. Everybody say, see, much affliction with, did we finish this? With joy in the Holy Ghost. Come on, with joy in the Holy, even though affliction comes, everybody say, joy in the Holy Ghost. Are you grateful? So even if affliction comes, the more, I just figured this way, the more affliction comes, the more joy I get. Joy in the Holy Ghost, 1 Corinthians 2, 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith. Now, here's where I want to get to before we go on. That's your faith. How many of you know we teach you around here how to walk by faith and not by sight? But listen, the this, this scripture is key to your faith and receiving from God. Your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. But where does your faith rest? It rests in the power of God. The pure word of God produces the power of God. So yes, you have got to get faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yes, you've got to believe something in your heart. Yes, you've got to confess something with your mouth. But where does your faith rest? It rests in the power of God. Your faith, you trust God's word. You trust what the Lord said. You believe it. You confess it. But your faith rests in the power of God. You believe that when you act on his word, power comes. Do you believe when you act on God's word, his power comes? I'm not talking about the Holy Ghost, goose, you, know, you know, chicken skin, whatever you, uh, I mean, I'm not talking about the, you know, I'm not talking about that. Thank God for the power that way. But the power just means the ability to transform. When you flip the power on at your house, lights come on. The dishwasher comes on. Power to change something. Power to activate something. Your faith should not rest in the wisdom of men. Be careful. I know there's all kind of phrases going on. I can get in trouble really quick here because I'm not giving my opinion. But be careful. There's lots of phrases going around. They want you to trust something. They want you to trust something. But this is the only thing you can really trust. I'm not opposed to natural things, but I don't trust them. Because if I trust in natural things, then it takes a natural thing to change that natural thing. Do you understand what I just said? But see, I don't trust in natural things. 
I trust in the word of God because it's the only thing that can change everything. Change every circumstance, change every problem. Amen. Well, that was a good introduction. Are you ready for the message? Hallelujah. So let's start. So the kingdom of God is not a word only, but it's in power. And so the first thing I want to talk to you about is the power towards you and the power in you. Um, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. If I don't get very far, y'all going to come back next week and the week after? Okay. Um, I won't be here that. I'll be here the next week, but I won't be here that next week. But you should come anyway. Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you, that dwells in you. When you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and you uh, accept the fact that he died on the cross for your sins and most importantly that he was raised from the dead, in other words, you believe in the power of God. You see, it's not hard for you to believe that a man died on a cross. Maybe harder for you to believe that he took your sin. But see, then this is, what, this is the deal. You've got to believe something impossible in the natural in order to get saved. you got to believe in something impossible in the natural in order to get saved. Now, all things are possible with God. See, this is not a natural deal. This is not a religion. You have to put your trust in what God says. And you got to put your trust, even though you didn't see this with your own eyes, you've got to believe in something. And when you believe that Jesus, the key is, how do you get saved? The key is you got to believe that he was raised from the dead. You, uh, get, um, acknowledging that he is is not enough. The demons believe that God is. None of them saved. you got to believe he was raised. That's something, that's the power of God in demonstration. And when you believe in the power of God in demonstration, you'll get saved. And you'll make a confession You'll believe unto righteousness and confession will be made unto salvation. Do you believe that the Spirit of God lives in you? And if you do, the same Spirit, but if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead. So you believe that, right? Because if you don't believe that, you're not born again. It's hard to tell who's a Christian and who's not. No, it's absolutely not hard to tell at all. You believe that Jesus was the Son of God and he was raised from the dead? Yes, that makes you born again. Do you know that for sure? I don't know. You can ask somebody else this. Um, when you die, are you going to heaven? I hope so. Not born again. Hope I've done enough good things. Not born again. How do we know we're born again? It's a no-so experience. How did you get that no-so experience? By believing in something impossible in the natural that Jesus was raised from the dead. And see, when you, if you believe that, if you believe that, then you ought to be able to grab a hold of the rest of this stuff. Not just, it's not stuff. I didn't mean to be disrespectful. All this good, the good things the Lord has uh, um, provided for us. Come on, if you believe that he was raised from the dead and the power of God was in demonstration, because it says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, does he dwell in you? 
then what should you be expecting? He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. This, this is twofold. You can use the scripture twofold. In setting, it's talking about keeping sin, your flesh, under control. Born again people with the power of God on the inside of them ought not to yield themselves to their body, to their desires and their wants. You ought to, with that quickening power, be able to keep your body under. And number two, if that quickening power is in you making it alive, don't you think it can make a hand alive? Don't you think it can make a foot alive? Don't you think it can make a liver alive? Don't you think it can make a kidney alive? The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Something was dead, now it's alive. Now it's quickened. But you got to believe that he dwells in you. I haven't even gotten to that he's on you yet. I'm just talking about he lives in you. The power of God, the kingdom of God is not in word only. Come on, don't just give mental assent to this. We have got to start living like the word of God is true. And the word of God is true in the fact that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living on the inside of you. You've got resurrection power on the inside of you. Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 19, it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us? That power was towards you. It's to you. So the reason that Jesus did it was so that the power could be towards you. What's that power for? Towards you. That power, the greatness of his power towards you. I believe the greatest power ever on display was when Jesus was raised from the dead. According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand far above. And then Ephesians 2, 6 says, you were raised together with him. When Jesus was raised from the dead, before you said yes to God, before you believed in Jesus, you were raised up from the dead. I don't know how it works in my mind. All I know is when I go back and touch death, burial, resurrection, ascension, when I believe that, I am raised up from the dead and I am seated in Christ Jesus. Far above every principality, power, might, and dominion, every name that's been given a name. You see, when you touch the power of God, it'll lift you up into a seat of authority. And, but see, a lot of people don't touch the power of God. Maybe they never heard of the power of God. Maybe they believe, you know, and I'm not saying they're not born again, but listen, you and I who are born again, who understand this, we've got to begin to see this and see it working in our lives personally and be able to get that then working through us. Everybody said the power of God is to me and the power of God is in me. Amen. The Bible says this. John said this. He said it's this. this um, he said this in John six uh, sixty three. It is the Spirit that quickens. So the Holy Ghost is on the inside of you. That power is to you. That power is in you, and it's quickening you. Let's look at Second Corinthians chapter four, verses six and seven. Woo! I love talking about this stuff. I've been anxious to get here. I, 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 I know you know some of this stuff, but I want you to get it. Um, verse 5 says, We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servant for Jesus' sake. Verse 6, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give us light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So there's knowledge of glory. What is glory? Glory uh, is the power of God in manifestation. Verse 7, but we have this treasure. But we have this treasure. What treasure? The power of God. The ex excellency of the glory of God. 
We have the power of God. Where? It's in our earthen vessel. Remember 1 Corinthians 3.16 and 6.19. What does it say? You are the temples of the Holy Ghost. Now, a lot of people may not understand this, but, and I don't have time to go back and look at it because it's not in my notes and I wasn't going to. But in the old covenant, God, his, his presence was kept in things made by men's hands. In other words, it was called the Ark of the Covenant. You study the Ark of the Covenant. What does it mean? It means gathered presence of God. How I many you know wherever that Ark was, good things happened? Remember when David properly brought it in the second time, he danced before it. Uh, everywhere that Ark was, you remember the first time he tried to bring it in, they had to live, leave it at Obed-Edom's house. How I many you know Obed-Edom was sorry to see the Ark go? Because everything turned around at Obed-Edom's house. Why? Because the glory was there. Because the power was there. In an ark made by men's hands. Right? Um, when, it was in, when, the, when the presence and power was in a wrong place. Remember when the Philistines took it. And they put it in their temple. And what was his name? Was it Dagon? Dagon, God, God gone. Whatever. Uh, he, had, he, he, he fell right before it. Some piece of wood. How'd that piece of wood fall over in front of the Ark of the Covenant? Not once, but twice. That power that when they dedicated Solomon's temples, they couldn't even stand in the presence of God because there were unity in one accord. And the Ark of the Covenant was brought in and the glory of God began to manifest. And we all look at that and we say, wow. But I got a bigger wow for you because we have a, we're in a new covenant with better promises. And, and, and I'm just telling you this, where is, there is, on the inside of you, you have this treasure in earthen vessels. You have this treasure in earth. What is this treasure? It's the glory of God. It's the power of God. It's the same power, not a different power. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Come on. That's why we can say, according to first John four and four, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I want to get to this one. Let's look at second Corinthians chapter six, second Corinthians chapter six, verse four, uh, 14, verse 14. Hang with me. Be not equally, unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial? And what part hath he that believes with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? All that's good, and I just read it for extra. Verse 16, for you are the temple of the living God. Come on, everybody say, I am the temple of the living God. And the living God has power. The living God has power. Where does he live? Well, in heaven. Yes. Where else? Well, you got part of him? No, you didn't get part of him. Well, how could he be there and here? I don't know, but he is. Don't figure it out. No, it just is. He is. He's in you. You are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them. Where does he dwell? In you. Who dwells in you? God. I know that. But do you know the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you? And that's the greatest display of power ever. We need to meditate on this. 
Think about it. God lives. You know, was it Smith Wigglesworth used to get up every morning, look in the mirror and say, God lives in that man. Come on, the more you become God conscious, the less you'll become sin conscious. The more you become God conscious and power of God conscious, the less all these things will move you. Amen. He says, um, I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Wherefore, come out among them and be separate. That was my mamaw's favorite verse. She always told me all the time. I don't know why. Says Lord, and touch not the unclean things and I'll receive you. I think that somehow that's the only verse. I, I memorized that verse because she said it to me almost every day. And I will, be the fa- I will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. You'll be my what? Sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. See, when you, the Lord Almighty, the, listen, when, when there are things in the Bible, they're not words by accident. They're correctly, they're, they're precisely chosen. And so he's saying to you, you're going to be my, the sons and daughters of the Lord Almighty. Or you could say, what is the Almighty? The all-powerful one. The all-powerful one. Where does the all-powerful, you're the sons and the daughters of the all-powerful one. Almighty. Where does he live? He said, Pastor Mark, I know this. Yeah, but do you really know this? Are you really living in this? Are you letting God live in you? Are you letting God walk through you? Are you letting God talk to you? Are you letting the power of God that is really on the inside of you, are, are, you, letting, are you letting that happen? I remember, um, I never heard this before, and again, not in my notes, but um, do you remember in the old covenant, they were, um, they were getting ready to go to battle. And there were all these men, and, and none of, how, how, some of them couldn't make it. Remember, the ones who, I don't know, some of them lapped water out of their hands. Some of them could go, though. I, I don't remember which could go. But they ended up with 300, with Gideon. You remember? I'm telling you the right story? And what did they have? They had 300 against this huge army. And their weapons were a smoldering pot with fire in it, and trumpets. Those were their weapons. And the 300 of them did something. And I remember um, I was in the nation of Brazil, and we were uh, helping lead a team of, you know, 20 different people from all different churches. And a friend of mine, her name was Debbie, she, um, she ministered this, and I'll never forget it. Because what she said to us was, you all need to be cracked pots for Jesus. You need to be a cracked pot for Jesus. And I thought, well, that is a weird little title there, girl. But then she talked out of this. And she likened your human, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You have an earthen vessel. And there's fire in it. And that fire is God. That power is God. You're an earthen vessel, and you got some power on the inside of you. You got some fire on the inside of you. But the thing of it is, most born again believers leave that power dormant. And then I'm concerned when they get to heaven, they'll go, Wow, that was in there? You were in there? You were in my temple? And I just let you. Went along for the ride. And my mammal used to say to me, you take him everywhere you go. Does he want to go there? You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. He watches everything you watch. He listens to everything you listen to. 
That's a side thought. Are y'all good? And then you see the image of what? Right before they went to war, they blew the trumpet and they cracked their pots and it looked like this flame burst through out of these 300 cracked pots and the enemy fled. Listen, the devil knows what kind of power is on the inside of you. That power kicked him out of heaven. God deals with him with a finger. The devil knows what kind of power is on the inside of you. He's just concerned one day you'll figure it out. It doesn't come by, figure out is one, but have revelation of who you really are. Come on, God said, I'm going to dwell in them. They're going to be my temple. I'm not going to live in things made by man's hands. Yes, when we come together, he manifests here, but you bring him. His power dwells inside of you because you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. There's a treasure on the inside of you. And that treasure is the glory and the power of God. That power was towards you and that power lives in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the Lord. And when you begin to do that, then it's not just written on paper. Then my God, in him, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Because see, when your strength comes from knowing it's God on the inside of you, then you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can truly say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You truly begin to, to understand who is living on the inside of you and that power is working on the inside of you. And remember this, if that power raised Jesus Christ from the dead, what could it do in your physical body? What can it do with subduing your flesh? Thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost. That dunamis power is on the inside of you. Come on, I know a lot of us in our circles, you've already know that. And you, you know, and you have the power on you. But really what makes the power on you stronger is if you know the power in you. When you learn to cooperate with the power in you, when you learn to cooperate with the power in you. In other words, you don't have to have a manifestation uh, outwardly to have the power of God working in your life. That power heals you. That power delivers you. That power keeps you free. Come on, that power, that same power. Come on, I'm trying to work you up a little bit this morning. I'm I got my wooden spoon out and I'm trying to stir up your stew. Power of God's working on the inside of you. What is greater than the power of God? What can withstand the power of God? Is there anything greater than the power of God? Come on, he already proved it. He kicked the devil out of heaven. Jesus, with that power, destroyed the works of darkness and was raised from the dead. When it was enough, the Holy Ghost went into hell and raised Jesus up. And when you believe, he raised you up with him. That power, the same resurrection power, is on the inside of you. I said the same power is on the inside of you. Amen. I'm going to leave you with this in Romans chapter 6. This talks of water baptism, but I want you to see this in here. You know, water baptism is an outward expression of something that happens on the inside. But the whole picture of water baptism is about the power of God. It's about resurrection. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. And so when someone goes under the water, it's likened unto being buried with him. Then it says this, 
that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Come on, do you believe Jesus was raised from the dead? Can I get you to believe you've been raised from the dead? Well, yeah, Pastor Mark, I've been raised from the dead. I'm no longer a sinner. No, there's more to it. There's more to it. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he took a seat. Have you taken your seat? In power and authority. Do you know that he gave you a name that's above every name? Do you know you're seated above every principality, power, might, demon, every nasty little thing that's out there, you're seated above it? Come on, I'm above it. I'm above it. I got a name above it. It's under my feet. Why? Because the power of God dwells on the inside of me. Because the power of God was to me and the power of God is now in me. And that power raised me up. Resurrection power is at work on the inside of me. Resurrection power. See, see, if I can understand that resurrection power is on the inside of me, it'll control my flesh. But then when things come at me from the devil, I know that when they come in contact with resurrection power, that they're no match for the resurrection power that's on the inside of me. Come on, Jesus, when he got up, 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 come on, when he got up, all power, all authority. Come on, he took keys. That resurrection power, come on, you're alive. Jesus was the first begotten from the, among the dead, not the last. You were begotten from among the dead. You're alive. And, you, that, and, and as you're alive, that living power is on the inside of you. It's in your spirit. It'll, it'll affect your soul. It'll affect your body. Anything that comes at you from the outside, come on, greater is he that is in me. It's in me, in me, in me, in me. You got to believe that power is in you before you can really cooperate with the power that's on you. It's in you power is in you. The kingdom of God is not in word only, but it's in power. It's a demonstration. Come on, let's be like Paul. I don't know anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because when I know he was crucified, I know he got up. 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 And that resurrection power is alive on the inside of me. That resurrection power is alive. Come on. This is not even Easter. This is not resurrection day, but it's always resurrection day when you realize who's living on the inside of you. You've been raised from the dead. You've been raised from the dead. You're alive. The greatest power ever is living on the inside of you because you are a born again believer. Because you are a born again believer. Resurrection power is in you. Come on. Come on. I need some cracked pots for Jesus. I need some cracked pots for Jesus. We're going to get to it because see, once you know that power is in you, then you can learn to let that power flow through you. Amen. Amen. The power of God's towards you. The power of God's in you. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.